in the long history of the world, only a few generations have been granted the role of defending freedom in its hour of maximum danger. It's a nearly 100-year-old tradition, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, but it is up against a once-in-a-lifetime virus. Despite the weather this Black Friday, millions of shoppers are making an early morning beeline to stores across the country. Welcome to Settlers of Catan Even, where we talk about conspiracy theories, current events, and whatever else pops into our minds, all while playing one of our favorite games, Catan. I'm Katie, and I will be the moderator for this week. Today, our players are Megan, Ben, CJ, and Jasmine. What board are we playing? We are playing Through the Desert, and we need 14 points to win. Cool. So we're playing through the desert this week. Same rules as before. However, if you forgot or are new, you can check down in the show notes for a brief explanation. And remember, you can now also find a link to a YouTube video that goes into more details about the rules. So we need 14 victory points to win and you get two additional victory points for landing on new islands, correct? Yep. Are there gold mines in this one? Yes, there are. But what are the numbers on the gold mines? The numbers are 12 and 6. Ooh, there's a 6? Yeah. Yikes. Ben gets to go first, I think. No, Jasmine, CJ gets to go first. first. I'll just say Um, everyone who gets to go first. I just don't know where to go. (laughs) So CJ's going to lose because CJ's going first. (laughs) (laughs) We've already broken the, the trend of last person. Yeah, that was me. (laughs) <laughs> that doesn't count we missed that one <laughs> how's everyone's week been okay are you getting like ready for spooky season next weekend yeah i've started trying to get a list of what scary movies i want to watch for my halloween marathon fun fun i guess this episode comes out after halloween whoops oh well yeah, so we just have you know it does come out during a scary hellscape that's true you know? <laughs> Oh man, yeah. I mean, so technically, we might as well just extend Halloween. Don't say that November fourth. Don't say that. We have mm-hmm. to stay positive. If we're not positive, this bad things could happen until November fourth. But if you just go into it with a positive attitude now, maybe everything will be okay. Then the scary Halloween will end on November fourth. I guess. As of recording this, over 400,000 Travis County people had already voted, and that's almost half of our voters. That's like half. Jeez, yeah. that's so many. And this is how that's many? Not bad for how many days is this into early voting? We still have another week, don't we, we until f- next yeah. Friday? Week. Oh, yeah, so, that was just week one. We've had early voting going on since mid-October, and it's been crazy. Like, we've had a lot of, I mean, I don't know what it is compared to previous years, but I just feel like we've had a lot of people already vote. After the first week, Travis County was actually down a couple percents in early voting compared to 2016, (laughs) but only because the number of registered voters was so much higher. There were tons more people. There were tons more votes already cast. But in other counties like Harris County, turnout is like astronomically higher. I had posted on Instagram yesterday from a news blurb that early voting in Florida, North Carolina, and Michigan for the age group 18 to 29 from 2016 is higher. Like Florida is about 44,000 people had cast their vote at this point. Now it's 258,000 people. Oh, wow. Wow. I mean, that's great. I mean, regardless of like the political spectrum, like the side you're on, I think everyone should be voting. I think that's something that we should all be doing. And I I think it's good that younger people are getting out and voting. I mean, I've always voted and now I feel like we're voting more for other elections, not just the presidential and like, you Mm -hmm. know, we should always vote for whatever you can local midterms. Yeah. Like we're making a point to go be more active and vote more, which I think is good. We all did early voting. I think most of our friends did early voting. I don't know very many people that haven't voted yet. I feel like most of the people I talked to have already voted. We've donated to a political campaign a while back and we finally got our yard sign. So (laughs) we put our yard sign out in the front 
And Megan put it in front of our main tree in our yard with our Halloween stuff on it. And there's a light that's flashing on the tree so you can see like the Halloween decorations on it. So now it also illuminates our yard sign at night. So people drive by, they can definitely see. I was going to put it in front of the light so that I could hide the light and like the light wasn't seen. But then I decided or I could use the light for good and let the sign be seen. If y'all want to come take a drive by our house, you'll see our um, additional Halloween decoration now. But the light only turns on from 6 to 10. Like it, it, it stops. At t- it turns off at 10. So it's not on the complete time. By the way, when she says we ordered this like a while ago, we ordered it the night of the first debate and we literally just got it. Yeah, I said it was in like pre-shipping for like weeks. Like, (laughs) I mean, I'm sure they've got a lot of people. I I didn't think we were going to get it before the election. So I was going to be like, what's the point? This would be a good time to go around the virtual table and let everyone know what we are drinking. I am drinking a pumpkin spice latte because it's actually not greater than 70 degrees in Texas. It is 60 degrees right now. So I was like, I must have fall drink. It's amazing <laughs> because earlier this week we had summer weather. It was like in the 90s. Yeah, it was awful. And then now today we have fall and then come like Tuesday, Wednesday, we're going to have winter. So who knows what season we're getting after next week. Maybe we'll go back to summer. Maybe we'll get some spring. Who knows? Yay, I don't want to go back to summer. Oh, God, I know. I'm yeah, like, I'll pass on that one. So over it. <laughs> What else? Everyone um, I was drinking some veranda blend from my Keurig, but I've since finished that. So Ooh. now I'm not drinking anything. CJ, what are you drinking? I'm also drinking a pumpkin spice latte because fall. Ooh. Ooh. And it feels great outside. Um, great minds think alike. The weather usually helps me determine if I want to go out and get warm mm-hmm. coffee from Starbucks. Ben, did you get Starbucks this morning when you were out? I didn't get Starbucks this morning while I was out. I was brought a latte this morning from a place that I don't support, but I'm drinking it because it was purchased for me and it's delicious, but I don't support them. I'm currently drinking this. I had started drinking it and then I put it in the fridge and I had to go run errands, including going out to Leander to my aunt's house. And so I was going to bring coffee to her and my grandma. So I went to a local coffee shop in Cedar Park called Black Sugar and I picked us up drinks from there. It's so good. I miss Um, that. I ended up getting The Wicked, which is a mocha with cinnamon and cayenne pepper. Mm. And it was amazing and i'm not really a mocha person but it was really really good and then i had picked them up a sea salt caramel cream latte which those are amazing and one called the jazz it's a mocha with hazelnut mm. oh no it's all that jazz no it's the jazz something about something jazz, about jazz. Um, so earlier i supported a local place that we like now Starbucks? i'm drinking delicious devil's coffee mm. That was Wait, a good nice. place. We went there mm-hmm. they several times. Opened another location, but I think they opened a location in Georgetown. Oh. Well, maybe sometime we'll go visit because it was good. I don't think Megan, you've had it. It was so good. No, I haven't. I realize if I just shake my head, people on the podcast can't hear me. It's true. <laughs> we recently tried Trianon. And that was real good. It's over mm. like in the Westlake area, just past like Trader Joe's over there. And yeah, it's really good. I always like have to get a regular latte from a place like when I'm first trying them out. And I figured if I like the regular latte, I'll like everything else. It was good. That makes sense. If they mess up a standard, then you can't trust them. Exactly. But like if it's it's good and a solid drink, then I'll be like, OK, we have a place opened up actually like pre pandemic here by us. And they're from Seattle. We went like their opening night. They're from Oregon. Oh, I thought they were from Seattle. No, they're from Oregon. Oregon. That's why I, I was like, know. I'm going to wear my Oregon hat when we went. Oh, that's right. We went there last week or something. And then I got a, just a regular latte from them. And then I realized it was terrible. And it made me really sad. Oh, no. Because I thought I liked them when we went the first time. But I mean, obviously, I didn't like them this time. They also didn't have drip <laughs> coffee. I was going to say they were that place that didn't have drip oh, coffee that, that was open for like another two uh, hours and still didn't have drip. Mm-hmm. Like coffee shops that don't have drip coffee. I'm like, what? Who that makes them? so then much why sense. Are you open? <laughs> but no. if you're looking for a local roaster, Trianon Coffee, A+. The guy that works there, like he was, he seemed very like knowledgeable of their beans and stuff. And he helped us like figure out what we wanted. He was really nice. It was a cool place. And with that being said, I am drinking a salted caramel mocha because it's the only mocha that I will drink from Starbucks because I also don't really like mocha, but it's warm because it's cold outside and it's fall and it's a fall drink. And I feel like 
I need to get it in as long as I can, because as soon as the holiday drinks come in, I'm done with this. I'm getting my peppermint mocha. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess I like peppermint mocha too. The white chocolate peppermint mocha though. That one. That's that's the one. That's the dream. Yes. I love that one so much. Before we get started into our topic today, Megan, do you want to tell us some things about our Patreon and all that jazz? Yeah, I just want to give a shout out to Cynthia, Kiara, and Brianna. Thank you guys for supporting us. If you want to hear your name said here and help support the show, go to patreon.com slash catantpod. Or if you just want to buy us a cup of coffee, you can go to ko-fi.com slash catantpod. And if you subscribed between the last episode and this episode, and I didn't say your name, don't worry, you'll be mentioned in the next episode. It just so happens that we pre-record these. Thank you, everyone, for y'all's support. And heading it back to Katie. We decided it was appropriate this week because when this episode comes out, tomorrow will be election day, November 3rd. And this is a really big year. This is a big election year. There's been a lot going on in politics and in the news. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, there's something wrong with you. You should probably go read the news. So we thought that it would be fun to do some stories about some of our past presidents, because why not? The first president that we're going to talk about is George Washington. And the theory is that George Washington is not actually George Washington. Dun, dun, dun. So, yeah, I know, right? I was like, okay. In case you don't know who George Washington is, <laughs> I'm assuming that most of us know who he is. George Washington was one of our founding fathers in the United States, and he was a military general and the first president of the United States. He's also on the dollar bill. He's kind of everywhere. Everyone, I think, if you live in the United States, chances are you recognize George Washington. And chances are everyone here could probably tell you something about him, even if it's one of the stories that's not actually true. You know, um, because there's lots of stories around him. Um, The question is, is George Washington really who we think he is? So the theory is that Washington was secretly assassinated by the Illuminati and was replaced by their founder. (laughs) (laughs) Illuminati confirmed. Hold on. on. What? Yeah, I know. I Luma did not see that coming. Okay. I am so proud of myself that I found something that Ben doesn't already know. <laughs> Podcast over. I don't think we can make this moment happen again. No, this, this is it. it. This was the final episode. This Thanks for listening, peak. y'all. This we is a good right one. Here. <laughs> so this this theory is really. Oh, interesting God. i read it and i was like no but there's a book about this there is like a whole book about this that someone wrote and like it's i just i can't believe that i I read this on the interwebs i just <laughs> okay. so we have done an episode about the illuminati so just i'm gonna just do, touch on it really briefly um but and jasmine feel free to correct me if i say anything wrong i um, real quick want to say i'm surprised i didn't find this yeah. while because i was looking not, for the illuminati <laughs> it's not easy to find i really had to do some search for this one and i found it and was like no remember she had issues finding content but has 12 pages of notes but found this very fair very fair <laughs> I'm trying okay. to keep it interesting um, like I gotta oh, keep it interesting yes you okay. are indeed uh, you've got me okay. I'm on the edge I'm of my seat I am okay <laughs> so um the Illuminati it was founded by this guy named Adam Weishaupt. I think, I hope I said his name right. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Thanks, Jasmine. He yeah. was a German philosopher and um, a law professor in Bavaria, which is really like modern day Germany. And he founded the Illuminati on May 1st, 1776. And it was a secret society claimed to promote freedom and equality and wanted to enlighten people. I'm doing air quotes around enlighten. Because they, they hope to illuminate the minds of Europe and encourage enlightenment across the land. Basically, what it came down to is he wanted to cast aside organized religion in place of enlightenment. And he was seen like perceived as very hostile towards religion and quickly attracted a lot of suspicion. And people were like, I don't know about this. Um, so it very soon after secret societies and like the Illuminati specifically was outlawed in Bavaria and it forced um, Weishaupt 
to flee. Um, and supposedly he fled to, I believe it's Gotha, um, G-O-T-H-A. And he lived in exile basically just until he died there. But some people are like, nah, that's not true. Here's what really happened. Um, some say that he actually was able to immigrate to the United States instead of living in exile. Man, I see your response over there on the camera. <laughs> Supposedly, he was well known in the United States. And even Thomas Jefferson himself wrote that Adam was an enthusiastic philanthropist and just an outstandingly moral person, just a really great person. And Freemasonry um, and other secret societies were already like running rampant in the United States and kind of causing paranoia and people are really questioning one another already. It was thought that Adam was openly accepted here. And so he decided it was his chance to spread his secret doctrines even further than Europe and to spread it over into the United States. So in order to do this, some theorists said that he managed to secretly kill George Washington and took over his role as the first president of the United States. Um, and some say it's obvious. It's quite obvious if you just compare their pictures because they do look very similar. I mean, I guess you could say they look similar. I don't know. If you look at the pictures of the two of them, they do kind of look similar, but like not completely. But we also don't have regular photographs of them. Like they're just drawings and paintings of them. But other people argue like it would be impossible for him to kill Washington and take over because he had a very thick German accent because he was from Bavaria. So they're like, how would he be able to hide that? But then I'm also like, how would people know? That's what people say. They say, obviously, they're the same person. They have the same hair. They have the same nose. They're both white guys. They look the same. And like, we wouldn't really, we wouldn't know. Like, we wouldn't know. Theorists argue that we may actually never know the truth, especially if documentation was destroyed from the time or they could go as far as to like examine, I guess, Washington's body, like where he was buried to see if they can find any proof or evidence that it like that they swapped. I don't know, y'all. That just it's... seems like a lot of work for something that probably just seems <laughs> like they had to either like the same artist sketch both or just looked similar enough in a drawing. Right. Well, I don't know. To me, this sounds like a job for Bones. We should call Bones and tell her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm down. I think they would like it. That'd be good. Um, other theories about George Washington and Adam Weishaupt is that they were actually related, which is why they look so similar. And it's thought that they could both be descendants of King George III, because apparently they also look like King George III. And I'm like, but also, I think just Do white men at the time looked like the same because they all had like the the wigs and everything. So right. why um, does Adam Weishaupt look like he's playing the penguin in like a Rococo <laughs> version of Batman? I mean... Like, does he not look kind of like the penguin? Oh, a little bit. He does. A little bit. Like in that Tim Burton okay. one? Is that what you said? Yeah. That's what I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. So it's thought that they could be related. But it's also thought, another theory is that Weishaupt was actually just a body double of Washington. And they actually worked together to rule the country and infuse the Freemasons and Illuminati doctrines in the foundation of the United States. But a lot of people think that most presidents, if not all of them, have had body doubles and that they're easy to like replace and switch in and out just for safety and other reasons. Um, I've been asked to be Joe Biden's body double if he is to win. Uh, you know, I just was letting you guys know. I now. was going to say I can see the resemblance. Yeah, <laughs> I can. So you're just saying that Weishaupt is Washington's Melissa to his Avril. Basically, yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm, yeah, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. tie um, it all back together. Yeah, and mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. um, people are like, obviously, the Freemasons and the Illuminati have just been behind our government the whole time, starting all the way back with Washington, because he and Adam just well, worked that. together to create the monster that is the United States Honestly, of America. Like, I believe it. I literally put in my notes to be honest. That wouldn't be the craziest thing I've heard all year. <laughs> okay, but we've had a pretty crazy year. So, like, if you imagine not this year, like, you know, like four years ago, like, would you have been able to believe it? I would have thought I it was a little more of a stretch. Then, yes. 
But now I'm like, you want to tell me that the Illuminati founder and George Washington worked together? Go ahead. Tell me that. I'll say, okay. if you have proof, I'll believe it. Okay, like nothing surprises me at this point. So anyway, um, yeah. So that's the theory behind Washington's not really Washington. Or is he? We'll never know. Interesting, right? Our time traveler friends will, though. So, Jasmine, can you can you go find out? <laughs> That's right. Go do your uh, astral She's projection gonna, thing. Like, go, go find spin out. Spin in a circle, real quick. And... Okay, but you wouldn't know if you guys, um, you know, subscribe to our Patreon. You might find out in the after show <laughs> whether or not uh, this yes. is true. <laughs> That's when we'll have uh, we'll call on Keanu Reeves to come visit us yes. while Jasmine is astral projecting to the 1770s to see yes. <laughs> if Adam and George are the same person or if Adam is just George or if we're all wrong and someone just made this up because they're like, what else am I going to do with my time? I, I, yeah, I found that one. I was like, you're kidding me, right? Like, come on. <laughs> Our next theory is about Thomas Jefferson and John Adams and the um peculiar deaths that they both had. John Adams was the second president of the United States and one of our founding fathers. And then Thomas Jefferson was actually John Adams VP. And then he was the third president of the United States. Um, And he's probably one of the most well-known founding fathers. He was the primary author of the Declaration of Independence. Ambassador to France. Yes, he was there for a while. He kind of just did everything. As Hamilton taught me. So John Adams and Thomas Jefferson, so they are like the definition of frenemies. They became friends during the Revolutionary War, and Adams actually suggested that Jefferson was the main author of the Declaration of Independence. They worked closely together in Europe when Jefferson was over there as the ambassador of France, and they maintained a very close friendship. Jefferson's wife died, I think, when he was in France and like John Adams and his wife were like there to like support him and be his like, you know, BFFs. And um, so they were very close until they came back to the States. So they clashed when they came back and they actually ran against each other for president and Adams narrowly won. So this was a time in American history when you had your two candidates running for president or however many candidates you had. and whoever got first was president and then whoever was second was VP. So Adams won and he was, so he was the second president of the United States. And then Jefferson was his vice president, but they were both from different parties and they had two very different ideas for how the country should be run, which is why they clashed so much after Adams, the election of 1800 It got super nasty and people like historians say that it's one of the nastiest elections to date and it it just got so negative and they just we have one that might beat it. We might. I don't know. I'm not a historian, so you'll have to ask them. I don't know. This is just, (laughs) you know, and it got so volatile that finally, like Jefferson won the election. Was it like main girls volatile? I mean, like, yeah, which one was Regina? It was Katie. Like Jefferson hired someone basically to like look into Adams and like say bad things about him. Does that make Hamilton Glenn Coco? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so they were just really nasty towards each other. Um, Adams refused to attend Jefferson's inauguration because he was like, I hate you so much. And the two did not speak. For another 12 years because they hated each other so much. Dang, that's a long time. Literally went from like BFFs in France to I'm not talking to you for like, well, to working together as president and vice president in the White House and then to not talking for 12 years. And so 12 years later, they had a friend, Benjamin Rush, who was um, one of the other signers of the Declaration of Independence and a mutual friend between both of them, he kind of went to both of them and encouraged um, to them to write to each other. So he was like saying, you know, to Adams, like, oh, Jefferson really wants to make amends and like be friends with you. And then he would also go to Jefferson and be like, oh, well, Adams told me that he wants to be BFFs again. So maybe you should write to him. So he was like kind of putting that in both of their ears. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so he was Gretchen Wieners. <laughs> Basically. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. They should make this into a musical Mean Girls of the 1700s. So he was telling both of them that like the other one wanted to mend their friendship. And basically, like, so they did. They actually decided to write to each other and they worked through a lot of their past issues and they continued to write and 
you know, make up and become friends again. And then they would write letters to each other for the next 14 years and exchanged at least 158 letters back and forth, which at the time, like that was a lot because we didn't have the post system and and, things like we have today. They went from BFFs to I hate you not talking to 12 years to being like, we're going to be the best pen pals in the world. Good for them. You know, I secretly would really like to have a pen pal. Like, I want to do that. I want to have someone that I write to just randomly and like not on not on Facebook, not on social media. Like, I literally want to actually write a letter to someone. And so now comes to 1826. Both men were invited to Washington to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the proclamation of the Declaration of Independence. It was a really big deal in the country. It had been 50 years. We're like, woohoo, we're we're doing good. However, both men were dealing with some serious illnesses. And so they had to decline the invite and they weren't able to actually make it to Washington. So here comes um, July 4th, 1826 at 1250 p.m. Jefferson dies after struggling with um, he had failed kidneys. He had a really high fever and he was also old. He was 83, which is quite old for that time. And he fell into a semi-conscious coma the night before. And then he finally passed the next day at 1250. So then on the same day, July 4th, 1826 at 620 PM, Adams also died. So within five hours really of each other. Yeah, they couldn't live without each other. <laughs> so it's the notebook. Oh my gosh. Um, Another Rachel McAdams film that she was shooting at the same time as Mean Girls. So clearly one of them is Regina, <laughs> one yeah. of the two of them. So the interesting part of this story, Adams was also old. He was 90, like 90 is old for today. So in, you know, the 1800s, that's also very old. So approximately the same time that Jefferson died around noon, Adams actually collapsed in his reading chair and was unconscious till about 5.30 when he woke and he spoke. It was either Thomas Jefferson survives or Thomas Jefferson still lives. And then, uh, you know, around 6.20, he passed. So it's unclear which one he actually said. Well, immediately questions were sparked and people were like, what? How did they both die on July 4th, 50 years after the signing, you know, of the Declaration of Independence within hours of each other? It's just crazy. And I have heard this before, but I didn't really like I just was like, oh, that's crazy. So some people, including Adam's son, who was the current president, John Quincy Adams, said, obviously, this was a divine sign from God that they had done their duty on earth. And so God took them both at the same time because they had done their job, I guess. But then other people argued that. Maybe the two of them planned this together and they wanted to part from this world at the same time because they were Biffles again, right? And so theorists claim that they actually planned their deaths and committed suicide on this day so that their death would be considered important rather than just enduring more pain and illness and then just dying randomly so no one would remember. But they're like, wow, but if we died on July 4th, everyone, everyone would remember that we died on July 4th. Because that's a special day. So skeptics I say that's really... I want to interject like, real quick. Yes. I didn't know that they died on July 4th. Prior to this conversation, I didn't know that that's when they died. Uh, so, so therefore, really wasn't like... Right, exactly. Okay, well, so <laughs> like, I remember okay. 4th of July for a different reason, not for the day that they both died. Okay, now I did know that they both had died on July 4th, but like, obviously, when we think of July 4th, that's not, I don't immediately think, oh, this is when Jefferson Adams died. Um, I think, again, of other things, but I did know, like, this was common knowledge to me that they did both die on July 4th. So this is not the first I've heard of this. But um, uh, skeptics are like, there's no way. This is way too far-fetched. The two men lived 200 miles away. How would they be able to, like, plan this out 200 miles away without, you know, Facebook getting on there? Be like, okay, you ready to do it? Like, let's make an event. Let's make sure that we have this in our calendar. (laughs) You know, so people are like, either it was a crazy coincidence. Did did one of them show up late? Obviously, it was Adams. He didn't die for five hours later. He was a little late to the party. You know, either this was just a crazy coincidence. It was a planned suicide, divine intervention. I don't know. What do y'all think? They planned it together. And one of those letters that they probably I feel like it's weird if they planned it together. It is weird. I mean, they were probably like on July 4th at 5 p.m. We're going to agree to both drink the toxin and die together because like, is anybody except one of them doesn't know to tell time or like, (laughs) 
I mean, I guess you can't force your body to die at a certain yeah. moment unless you do something specific. I think it was just good for the season finale. That's what Chandra Grimes <laughs> decided she was going to do. That's the theory about Jefferson Adams and their mysterious deaths. So my next one I'm really excited about because it's outrageous and it's gay. I like those two things. Hmm. Outrageous and gay. Yeah. Are you okay. just talking about us? Well, most you know. of us. <laughs> um, okay. So James Buchanan. Anyone know anything about James Buchanan? I take that as a no. Not a whole no. Lot. He was an old guy. <laughs> okay. So James Buchanan, this is a theory about his bachelorhood. So James Buchanan was the 15th president um, of the United States. He served from 1857 to 1861. Secretary of State. He was a Pennsylvania representative and senator. And he was a huge states rights advocate. He wanted to minimize the role of the federal government when approaching the last few years of slavery in the United States. And it caused a big issue. He's actually considered to be one of the least effective presidents in history with his failure to mitigate the division among the country that ultimately led to the Civil War. When he was president, he vowed to only serve one term and he believed that Congress should have no say in the status of slavery in any state. He promised to enact a federal slave code to protect the rights of slave owners instead of the slaves. And he did nothing to unite the country. And there were uh, many decisions that he made that continued to divide the North and South. Like he did nothing to unite people together. He's considered <laughs> to be a doe face, which was a term that they used for Northerners who were Southern sympathizers. And two months after his retirement, the Civil War actually broke out. So some actually call the Civil War Buchanan's War. They're saying like tensions were high and he did nothing to fix it. He was just like, yeah, whatever. So that's a little bit about Buchanan. You can make your opinions on him as a person, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about his love life. He had a brief engagement to a woman named Anne Carolyn Coleman, and that was quickly broken off because he was just too busy and rumors started that he was really only marrying her for her family's money and their status and that maybe he even had not been faithful to her. But the question was, with who? We don't know. So Anne died shortly after they broke off their engagement and Buchanan was not even allowed to attend her funeral. He reached out to her father and asked and he was like, nah, you're not allowed. Don't show up. So after her death, he never was in another relationship ever with another woman and making him the only president in the history of the country who was single when he was in office. The reason why that's important is because people say that he was never in another relationship because he was our first gay president. So historians have claimed that Buchanan is the country's first and only gay president. And others say, no, he was just celibate or just, you know, he or asexual. So he just wasn't interested in romance or anything. Here comes William Rufus Devane King. He was an Alabama politician who briefly served as VP under Franklin Pierce, who is Buchanan's predecessor. And King had also never been in a romantic relationship with a woman um, and he never tried to pursue women. Hmm. So the two of them had a very close relationship. Yeah. They initially were on opposite political sides, but eventually they kind of came together to see eye to eye on some large issues like slavery, especially because they lived together for 10 years in Washington and they would attend formal events together on a regular basis. So people saw them together a lot. Now, it was common for this living situation at the time, but not really for these two because they were both wealthy enough to afford their own homes. And they initially lived with two other men. So there are four of them living together in this home. But the other two, as they lost their seats in Congress, like they moved out. But Buchanan and King continued to stay there and live together. King often referred to their arrangement as a communion. It's important to talk about uh, male friendships in the 1800s. There is very common for close male friendships, especially among politicians and they were typically platonic, but a lot of them also did include erotic relations as well. They just didn't talk about it. Other politicians referred to King as Miss Nancy or Aunt Fancy and Buchanan's better half or his wife. So he was kind of more flamboyant than Buchanan. So people were like, well, yeah, 
they're together. So there is additional proof. There's at least 60 personal letters that still exist that were exchanged between the two. But we only have letters from King to Buchanan because the others were destroyed in Alabama from the floods in Selma or they were destroyed in the Battle of Selma in 1865 when King's plantation was raided and all his stuff was destroyed. But we do have all those other letters and they're quite revealing. We also know that Buchanan instructed King to destroy many of the letters that were marked as private or confidential because he didn't want anyone reading them. So Buchanan, um, on the other hand, kept all of his letters and he dated and stored them um, and they would later be archived and rediscovered in the 1980s when historians put the label on their relationship and finally was like, aha, they are gay. But we'll probably actually never really know what happened, especially because of the death of King shortly after the inauguration of Pierce. He died of tuberculosis. I don't think we'll actually know like. Unless someone secretly knows and they're just not saying it because they're trying to hide it, which I wouldn't be surprised either. But some LGBTQ activists are really upset that we're putting this label on their relationship and saying that Buchanan was the first gay president because they feel like that would strip the title away from our first truly gay and out president, like if and when we do have one. So... I feel like it won't strip the title away. I feel like it'll just move. Like, and to be honest, I've never heard this theory before. So that means it's not a very popular theory, I feel like. I mean, I guess, but how many times have you looked at previous, like, sexual histories of our presidents? I mean, I've never done that. But Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, like, how many times do you think people have actually done that? I'm not saying you're wrong. Like, I haven't until this time. Like, I just assumed that Mayor Pete was the first person who was out and, like, a, you know serious yeah. contender for president honestly i i think the situation will be like whoever we see become the first quote gay president will just be the first out because i i kind of agree i find it hard to believe that like out of all of our years like one of them hasn't at the very least been interested in men and women it's just it's not a new thing. And like, for some reason, people feel like being gay is a new thing, but it's been around forever. Like, I mean, yeah. it has. And like, there are stories and things and like, it's common knowledge that like, it's been around. So it's just people in denial. Honestly, I don't know. I agree. Uh, and yeah. I think it's absurd to think that there's never, ever, ever in the history of presidents been one that's gay. Or bisexual yeah. or any other sexual at orientation. Like, you know what I mean? At least like dipped into the chocolate a little right, bit. You know? Right, right. <laughs> I would say certainly uh, none of them openly out. Yeah. But I, I just, I don't think it, it's taking away from. I also wouldn't consider a former president being like openly out the same as we would consider someone being openly out today. Like it's, mm-hmm. I just feel like it's very different. Like it was just. Right. But, you know, I'm also at the same time, I kind of hope he wasn't gay and we don't consider him the first gay president because he sounds like a jerk. Like, so I would rather (laughs) our first gay president be like a really upstanding good person and not be like, yeah, support slavery. So I hope he wasn't gay just for that. I hope so, too. Just for, you know. So I have one more theory about our presidents. Abraham Lincoln's assassination. Ooh, I'm ready. Here it is. This one's a pretty intense one. So Abraham Lincoln was the 16th president of the United States, and he's most famously known for ending slavery and guiding the country through the Civil War. There is an assassination story of him that most of us probably know and are familiar with. The story that we were taught in our history classes in high school. Abraham Lincoln was assassinated by John Wilkes Booth, who is an actor, on April 14th, 1865, while attending a play at the Forge Theater. Booth had made his way into the president's box where Lincoln sat, and Lincoln had armed military guards who had left their post in the booth at some point during the show. I think it was like during intermission. And so he was able to sneak into the box, and there's actually two sections to the box. Like there's two doors to go through to actually get to Lincoln. So he managed to sneak into the box and hide until he was able to fire a shot into his head. And he waited because he knew the play very well and he knew that there was a specific part was gonna be very loud because the audience would be laughing so he waited until there like that part came in the play to actually shoot lincoln so that it wouldn't be so jolting to hear a gunshot because it was already loud 
as it was. Lincoln was rushed across the street to um, a house and he died the following day. And from the beginning, people questioned whether or not Booth was actually acted alone or if there was a larger plot behind the assassination and Booth was just a small part of it. I'm assuming that's all like the assassination story that y'all are yeah. familiar with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And mean, then you forget the part where Nicolas Cage is a part of that like descendants. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay. Anyway, when I was in high school, I visited the Forge Theater and then like the house across the street and the museum. Like, you know, it was very interesting. Have y'all ever been there? No, no, but I wanted to go the last time we were in D.C. And well, it's very, happen. very interesting. Very um, creepy. So that's the story that we are all familiar with about Lincoln's assassination. But there has been since the beginning, there have been a ridiculous amount of conspiracies and theories behind it. So we're going to just go through some of them because there's a bunch. So the first one, um, which I think this one is one of the most likely ones, is that Andrew Johnson was involved with the assassination and with Booth and roughly Seven hours before the assassination, Booth had visited the Washington Hotel where um, Andrew Johnson, who was the VP at the time, resided. And upon learning that neither Johnson or his secretary, William Browning, were at the hotel, Booth left a note saying, in quotes, don't wish to disturb you. Are you home? J. Wilkes Booth. So Browning, Mm -hmm. the secretary, testified in court later that he found the note later that afternoon in his box. Y'all, there have been so many publications about this. They are still writing books about this to this day. According to a 1997 publication of Booth's writings and papers, it claimed that Booth knew Johnson from a previous meeting in Nashville, while other documents said the two were often seen together in Tennessee with their mistresses while Johnson was the <laughs> governor there. So Ooh. they were supposedly already friends and they knew each other before the assassination. And actually Mary Todd Lincoln, who was Lincoln's wife, wrote that she had always assumed Johnson was involved because of the difficult relationship the two men had while they were president and vice president. So she always thought it was him. And several members of Congress also expressed concern that he was involved and they created a special assassination committee, but they found there was no foul play and they could never find any evidence that Johnson was actually involved. I mean, I feel like that was probably more likely than these other ones because I know that they had a really, really terrible relationship. The second theory is that Booth was behind a larger conspiracy to kill him and that he was a Southern patriot who joined with a few other men in a plot to kidnap Lincoln, take him to Richmond, Virginia, and hold him captive in exchange for Southern prisoners of war. This was explained in a book published in 2004, depicting Booth as a mastermind whose plans basically fell short because he was terrible. So... Apparently, they want he wanted to get back their prisoners of war. So he was like, I'll just have to kidnap him. But I guess he failed and shot him instead. I don't know. How do you do that? Like, I'm going to kidnap you to I'm just going to shoot you instead. It's fine. I mean, whoopsie. Maybe it wasn't working as easily as he thought it (laughs) would. Right. Okay. So the next one is called the Confederate Grand Conspiracy. This is also, I think, a more believable one. So this theory popped up almost immediately after Lincoln's death. There were coded letters found in Booth's trunk at his hotel that actually tied him to the Confederacy. And the plan was to take back control because we were still like Civil War was tearing up everyone and the the South was losing. The Confederacy was losing and they wanted to take back control and they wanted to take over the Union. So their plan was to kidnap Lincoln, which would be fulfilled by Booth. Supposedly, he would be given a hefty sum of money to follow through with this. So they would kidnap Lincoln. They were going to blow up the White House and then take Lincoln back to Richmond, Virginia, where we assume he would eventually be killed. And then the Confederate government could take control of the country and basically do what they want. Obviously, they never blew up the White House. They failed there. But can you imagine, like, what would have happened if that came true? So it was believed that Lincoln had ordered the death of Jefferson Davis, who was the president of the Confederate States, and all of his cabinet members. Um, so obviously the Confederate like, uh-uh, no, you can't do that. Um, so Judah Benjamin, who is the Confederate Secretary of State, many people believe that he was deeply involved in the plot. 
because he actually burned all of his records before Richmond was evacuated during the war and escaped to England. And he was the only member of the Confederate government who never returned to the States and ended up living the rest of his life in Europe. So people were like, what else are you hiding, dude? Mm, Why'd you burn all your stuff? And so this theory has been discussed as late as 2003 with a new publication about Lincoln's death. Um, The next one is that the assassination was a result of a conspiracy of powerful international bankers. So some people say Lincoln was killed as a result of his monetary policies and Booth was just a hired gunman. Um, Bankers in Europe offered loans to Lincoln at high interest rates to help fund the Civil War. But he was like, no, I'll find a different way to make the money. Um, And so bankers were hoping that the post-Civil War plans would leave the states just like in shambles so that big banks could basically come sweep in and take all of our money, resulting in the states being an even like bigger debt than they were. And they basically wanted to take over the U.S. economy and have complete financial control. But Lincoln wasn't going to let this happen. He was like, uh-uh, no, no. So they decided to plot to kill him, enabling the banks to get what they want because money. There's a publication in 1976 that helped to push this theory forward, too. The next one is quite fun. I like this one. Well, not that assassination is fun, but the the theory is. So the next theory is that the Roman Catholic Church was behind the assassination. In 1886, an an ex-priest named Charles Chinaque, I think, released a book claiming that the Catholics were behind the conspiracy. It claimed that the Civil War was a plot against the U.S. so that the Vatican could take it over and rule it as a Catholic nation. So the Vatican was behind the Confederate cause, Lincoln's death, and that his assassins were faithful Catholics working for the Pope. I could believe this. <laughs> I guess because you're Catholic, so you have the right to say you could believe this, right? Because you're Catholic. Is that how this works? Is that how this works? I, I don't guess. think that's actually how this works. I'm just saying, like, I could think this through. Okay. Um, so supposedly the Vatican was working with Jefferson Davis and they got basically the final word on who was going to get to pull the trigger. So they were like, we'll kill Lincoln, but we get to pick who it like. You know, we'll be responsible for killing him, but we get to pick who it was, which is why they picked Booth. Um, And supposedly Mm. most Catholics in the States supported slavery and they wanted to end Lincoln, like put an end to him so that they could basically do as they pleased and have their slaves and be. They claimed that the church had always been responsible for removing heads of government throughout history who were seen as a threat to the religion or its people. And the Catholics at the time thought that Lincoln was a threat to them. So they were like, obviously the Pope needs to take him out. Let's get rid of him. And there, the most recent publication about this theory was in 1963. So basically the Pope wanted to kill Lincoln so that they, the Catholics could take over the United States and I guess let slavery continue. Cause that's what it seems like everyone wanted. I don't know. I don't, I don't really know a lot about Catholic history. So I don't, I don't actually know like if what I read was true, if they really did like most of them did support slavery or if that was just some malarkey. Anyway, so that was that was that one that the Vatican and the Pope wanted to kill Lincoln. The next theory is that the Secretary of War, Edwin Stanton, was behind the assassination. He was not in favor of Lincoln's reconstruction policies, and he wanted him removed so that there could be more radical reconstruction policies enacted like post-Civil War. It's interesting because there were military guards that were supposed to be on guard protecting Lincoln in the booth. And it seems like a very strange thing that they would ever leave. Like, why would they leave the sitting president there, like, exposed? Um, But uh, people say that obviously Stanton ordered them to do this because he wanted Lincoln gone. So he had ordered the guards to leave at one point. Apparently, Ulysses S. Grant was actually supposed to be in the booth that night with Lincoln. I didn't know Ooh, this. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, dun, I didn't dun, either. Dun. And that he had denied the invitation um, or that his plans had changed or whatever. And people say that that had something to do with Stanton as well, that he planned something for you know, like a reason why Grant couldn't be there. Because if Grant was there, he would have never let the guards leave. So maybe he had done some kind of like back planning to 
make sure that Ulysses Grant wasn't there and that the his like military guards left. And then supposedly there were encrypted letters found in 1868 written by Lafayette Baker, who is the head of the National Detective Police, implicating himself, Stanton and several other members of Congress saying that they were all guilty of plotting to kill Lincoln. And then the most well, recent, yeah, the most recent publication about this was in 1994. Huh. Something in bad what? Happened. 19 what? 1994. 1994. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last kind of like general idea behind Lincoln's assassination was that disaffected Northerners were behind his assassination. Many Northerners didn't like Lincoln's plan for post-Civil War era, and they wanted more say in what would happen to the South. And it was also well known that many people in the North just didn't like Lincoln anyway, and they thought all of his policies were bad, so it wouldn't really be too surprising that they wanted to get rid of him. Supposedly, the Union blockade on the South had made cotton scarce in the North, and Lincoln had offered to purchase cotton at a super high cost um, from the South, and he had also approved trading permits to some people, including some of his closest friends, and these people were able to highly profit from these permits with cotton because they could charge an outrageous amount for it because there was no cotton in the North, and some Southerners actually burned their cotton because they didn't want it in the hands of their enemies of the North. And others realized how much money that they could actually be making off of this. And so they made huge profits. And people in the North were like pissed about this. They were like, seriously, dude, like you're paying for all of this. um, And we're supposed to be at war with them. And ultimately, like poor trade deals and a cottonless North led them to plan this plot to kill him, which is outrageous. I'm like, I don't I find it hard to believe. I feel like it could have been more effective in some other way. (laughs) Right. I'm like, I'm sorry that you don't have your cotton. Like, (laughs) probably not a good reason to kill the president. Um, But the most recent publication about this theory was um, came out in 2004. So these are all like pretty like current things. Like people are still talking about it. And like, really, we... You can either like believe exactly what like what we're taught in history class is that Booth just wanted to kill him because he thought, you know, he didn't like him or whatever. There could be. I think there very well could be a different explanation for his assassination. I don't yeah. know. I think that would be believable. Um, but it seems like these theories will continue and we may never actually know if there was another plot or if Booth was acting alone or hired by someone else but there have been over 15,000 books written about Lincoln and a lot of them are oh, devoted wow. just to his assassination. Oh my wow. gosh. That's crazy. It's uh, um, a lot. Wow. There's a lot. There's a lot of theories about it. And these are just some of them and I just like barely touched on them because we could literally talk for hours about all the different theories behind his assassination. I just didn't want to take away too much of our day with that cuz we could go on forever. But <laughs> Anyway, well, if we ever need a it. topic, we can be, find that one. Twenty-four hour podcast, more. right? <laughs> and um, I wanted to—we'll say it in the after show. But I found out something else, like very interesting, that I really want to do an episode about if I can find enough information about it. So make sure you listen to the after show because y'all are going to be like, "What?" I'm really excited about it. And to listen to the after show, go to patreon.com slash pod and become at least a settler. Anyway, so those were the some interesting little theories I found about our former presidents. I don't know. What do y'all think? Do y'all have any opinions on any of them? I, I personally really like the one that George Washington was assassinated by the Illuminati. I was going to say that too. <laughs> because I yes. think that's the most outrageous. <laughs> That's it is almost outrageous, but I like you know I like it. That was ben good one. One. Uh, Sorry, Yay. I've been quiet the last like ten minutes because I was so close to winning, and it's been so long since I won. You've been focused. That's okay. I figured <laughs> there was something going I on. Have been. Oh well, Lord! Before yeah, we- no, I was to say my favorite of the conspiracies that you listed is. George Washington being assassinated by the Illuminati and replaced with the Same. founder Adam. <laughs> I mean, I just think it's, I just think it's outrageous. I love it. Yeah, I, I don't. I wouldn't want anyone to have harmed him, like because I just don't think anyone should ever be assassinated. I just think assassination is wrong. Um, uh-huh. I don't know. I guess I like killing people is wrong, but like. <laughs> If we found radical idea there, but um, mm-hmm. if we found out that that was true, I 
I'd be okay. I'd be like, okay, that's cool. Like, not cool, <laughs> so but like, like that's interesting. Confirmed. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I like yeah. that one the most. It was. It's really a far fetched theory, but I like it. I yeah. I was going to say, and I think the fact that like, these are just, you know, old white men that like, I don't even think they all look alike. People are just saying that because they're all old white men and that's just, it. I know. They're all just old white men you know, with the same like it's, powder yeah, wig yeah. and the pointy nose. And, you and know. like at that point, there was a certain, I mean, I think you, you kind of touched on it at the beginning. Like there was a certain look that people had to have, like, especially if you were like up in the uppers like you had to have this look in order to i mean it's still somewhat today like in order to be accepted and so like they all generally mm-hmm. looked the same okay i think we should read the dice stats Go because ahead. this is outrageous it is quite outrageous it really is in this if you want to guess how many sevens there are katie i'm going well y'all didn't complain about them well we stopped talking in the <laughs> we middle of the game we're trying to be better interrupt you. i just i guess. think that there's at least 15 oh All right. god more. i mean there's more but yeah 15 like i think is the average I You're right, though. It 15, is at least 15. 15 okay. is like the average. But um, right. in this game, we rolled 25 sevens. Wow. That's followed by so much. The next highest number was nine, and we rolled it 13 times. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so twice as many times, we rolled a seven. So Really? I feel like we didn't roll any nines, but I guess I just... I mean, we rolled it 13 times. No, we rolled times. so many. Wow. Oh, we did. It's because... I kept putting the robber on y'all's nine That's because why. we kept because rolling I like, nines. I was like, yeah. I'm not getting anything off of my clay nine. And yeah. now that makes sense. That was me. You wouldn't leave <laughs> yeah. that nine alone. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. No. Well, I was going to say, I feel like literally every, every two turns, a seven was being rolled. I mean, so it, it was so, it was so hard to tell happened. that other numbers were actually being rolled. You know what I mean? Can you tell us how many rounds of the game you had? Because isn't that a stat you can look at? Yeah, we had 87 rounds. Yeah, so yeah, every so couple 25. of yeah. every couple of rounds you had a seven. That's rough. I'm sorry. Um, Ben won. Yay! Um, he had 14 <laughs> points, obviously, because that's what you need to win. 12 roads so he also had longest road as well congrats he had two mm, new island victory good points to know. and then cj was next with 10 points and 11 roads with two victory island points then jasmine and i were tied jasmine had 11 roads as well and four points from islands and then i had two connecting roads that was my longest road into it <laughs> Um, but I had two nights. You only had two. I did. I only had two, but I had nine points. Um, I felt like you had yeah, so more. It was still really close. Ref. No. I, well, I had. I technically had four roads. I had two roads and two ships, but they weren't ever connecting. So <laughs> okay, gotcha. They were okay. like literally all the way across the board. My my yeah. My plan yeah, yeah. was to okay. go for that six gold mine, but then everyone kept putting the robber yeah. there because Ben was also on it. <laughs> so that didn't help me. I never once got to use it. I think oh, you only I used, used it twice, twice, right? Yeah, I only used it twice. Yeah, so I didn't use matter. it at all. Yeah. I didn't get to use mine either because of that twelve. I don't think we. Yeah, we didn't roll any. No, we didn't roll a twelve. Yeah, no. But I did get to. I did have four victory points from islands, and that was our stats. So yay, good game, guys. Yay, yeah. good job. It's a fun, yeah. fun one, guys. Well, that so was we like the go perfect ahead. amount of time because we wrapped up wrapped up the topic as I know. well. Like literally, as soon as I was done, Ben was like, "I won." I was like, "Oh, perfect." Um, so, do y'all want to wrap up and head over to the after show so I can tell you about the really fun topic I want to talk about? Sure. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So, thanks everyone for listening. If you want to support the show and help us keep this th- this thing going, go to patreon.com slash katantpod. There are four tiers that all include access to our Discord. And, of course, you get a shout out on the podcast and credits. After the podcast, we chit chat about the next episode and more, which we release to the supporters that choose the Captain Knight or Settlers tiers. The Captain and Knights can also listen to our show live. Again, thanks to our patrons. To hear the after show and previous after shows, go to patreon.com slash and become at least a settler. 
You can also buy us a cup of coffee if you don't want to deal with monthly subscriptions at ko-fi.com slash katantpod. Both links are in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Make sure to like, heart, star, favorite, and leave us a review wherever you can. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel, Settlers of Catan Even, or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CatantPod. Now, let's go around this virtual table and talk about where you can find us. Katie, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Katie11318. Ben, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at bfelts 91 on my website at benjaminfelts.com or exhuming the bones of George Washington with Emily Deschanel. <laughs> Jasmine, where can we find you? Um, y'all can find me on Instagram at princessjasmine14 and on Twitter at underscore Snoop Jazzy Jazz. And CJ, where are you at? You can find me on Instagram at CJ. And finally, you can find me at Megan Wilson underscore on Twitter and the Instagrams. All of our socials and the podcast socials are linked below in the show notes. Thanks again. And we'll be back soon with more Catan and conversation. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 Only a few generations have been granted the role of defending freedom in its hour of maximum danger. It's a nearly 100-year-old tradition, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, but it is up against a once-in-a-lifetime virus. Despite the weather this Black Friday, millions of shoppers are making an early morning beeline to stores across the country. Crow it, Cohen.